Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today's guest is Sam Sorbo. Sam Sorbo is an education freedom advocate. She is also an author, writer, podcast host, producer, and actor. She has written books. One of them is called Teach from Love, a School Year's Devotional. The other, They Are Your Kids, an inspirational journey from self-doubter to homeschool advocate. The other, Share the Light, 40 World-Changing Devotions. Then she wrote The Answer Proof of God in Heaven. She co-authored True Faith, Embracing Adversity to Live in True Light. And her most recent book, Words for Warriors, Fight Back Against Crazy Socialists and Toxic Liberal Left. She is the podcast host of The Sam Sorbo Show. She's also acted and produced and is known for Miracle in the East, Texas, 2019, Andromeda in 2000, and Hercules, the legendary journeys in 1995 she is married to kevin sorbo and they have three beautiful children in today's episode sam cuts through the brush and gets to the heart of what is happening in public institutional education today you will be forever impacted by the immense truth she speaks with conviction passion and just all out fire Go grab your coffee or tea and find a quiet place without distraction because you're not going to want to miss what Sam has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. And today we have special guest speaker, Sam Sorbo. Sam, say hello to our listeners. And can you tell us one thing you believe most don't know about homeschooling? So as you know, I've been homeschooling for well over a decade. I've written a couple of different books. My first book was There, Your Kids, An Inspirational Journey from Self-Doubter to Homeschool Advocate, because I myself doubted my abilities. Even though I was highly educated, I did go to college and all that good stuff, um, but I doubted myself. And I think there's so many things that people don't understand or that they discover unexpectedly um, when they're homeschooling that they were not expecting to to find. Um, One of them is just how capable they are. They come to, eventually they come to the realization that they're a lot more capable than the school system led them to believe, which is a big problem for me. When I realized how insecure I was, I realized that my insecurity really stemmed from how I was raised in the schools. And by raised, I mean that I spent every all of my waking hours basically in the schools. And I was taught that I was not capable. And that's the, that's a foundational lesson that we learn in school is basically just how incapable we are. The other thing that I want to say is that the big discovery is education is not about the, the, the reading and the writing and the, and the arithmetic, right? The, what they, what they, what they strangely call the three R's that isn't three R's, right? That's a lie. That's not what education is, and that's not what homeschooling is. What people, what people discover and what's really beautiful is that when you bring your children home and you are in charge of their education, 
it's, it's a joint project. It is not you as a teacher. It completely busts the school paradigm. And that's what I try to instill in the, in the parents that I counsel and the, in my speaking engagements and all of that is this idea that you are raising a young adult. You're raising an individual with whom you would hope you'll be friends for the rest of your life. It's a completely different paradigm. And so there's a great theft that's taken place. And that is the theft of the parents from the child and the theft of the child from the parents. And then there's also this idea that the schools have made the the parents complicit in this grand larceny, this theft of family. And so we are now a largely unparented culture, which is sad to me, but we can get that back. We can get it back in, in, in one generation, in less than one generation, we can get that back. And all it, all it really takes is for the parent to step in and say, wait a minute, what those people want for my child is not what I want for my child. And I'm strong enough to know that what I want for my child is better than anything that those people can offer. Can't agree with you more. I remember myself going into the public school system when I was five years old and I didn't want to leave my mom. I remember my mom homeschooled me from the time I was literally born till I was five years old. And she taught me so much. She literally sped me up years that when I went into kindergarten, they wanted to take me out of kindergarten, put me in first grade. And then, you know, for those years, they kept just bumping me, bumping me, bumping me. And that was because of the work my mother did. My mother, who graduated just high school, didn't get a college degree, was able to push me forward so much. And that is, you know, that's really where it's at. A lot of parents believe I can't do this. This is too hard for me. I don't remember the last time I even studied that. And why should you? It doesn't really matter because you know what? You taught them to speak. You taught them to walk. You taught them all these other things. Yet, yes, you can teach them. You can be that support. And I know even as a public school teacher that, you know, when my students have their parents backing them up, I have an amazing student and I have so much potential with that student when the parents are united with this kid and that child I always notice is more confident is has better questions and they're just a stronger individual let's yeah. dissect that for just a minute because of the number one predictor of academic success is parental involvement right Absolutely. and so what better way to achieve the best academic success than to simply have the parents Who's to say that we need the school or the teachers for that matter? In fact, I'll go you one further. You won't learn anything that you don't first choose to learn. You oh can God. be coerced into learning. You can be bribed into learning. There can be impetuses or incentives to learning. Other people can offer you the incentive to learn. But it's, it's only when you decide to learn the thing that you actually learn it. And what we do in schools is we take away the desire to learn. We squash the desire, the very desire to learn that we're born with. We're born innately curious. But the first thing that a child learns in school is that he's not allowed to ask a question without getting permission first. That's a barrier to entry. That's a deterrent. And so basically the schools are doing everything they can to not educate, to de-educate, to uneducate, whatever you want to call it, right? It's the opposite of education because education, if 
if nothing else, education is a quest for knowledge. And a quest begins with a question. But the first thing a child learns is you can't question unless you get permission first. And if your question has to be better than the other kids, because that's another thing that happens in public school when your question isn't as good as maybe this other child, there's like becomes a comparison. And that's something I really, I, I'm very adverse to in my classroom. I, I'm always like, everybody, you ask your question, no matter what, I don't care. There are no dumb questions. And if anybody makes fun of anyone, <laughs> we are gonna have problems. So I would caution you to be careful with, there are no dumb questions, because there are. Like we all admit that there are. So it's not, there are no dumb questions. It's you don't need permission to ask a question. That would be a good place to start. Great paradigm for me to have to shift that because I'm starting school very soon, Monday. Tell the kids don't need permission to ask a question. You know, wait your turn, like allow other people to speak. And then if you have a child who's like constantly speaking out, you say, you know what? You need to guard yourself. And you instill in them this responsibility, personal behavior, this responsibility that goes on them to be personally, you know, in charge of themselves and, and, and exhibit self-control as opposed to them rigidly conforming to the standard of, I have a question and I have to wait my turn and, and all of that. And I don't know how that's going to work for you. I'm just saying that when the teacher, for me, when the teacher said, there are no dumb questions, I was always like, but that's a lie. Because mm -hmm. if we're talking about chemistry and my question is, what time is lunch? That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So maybe it's not, there are no dumb questions. It's there, there are only questions that are off topic. We Got don't it. want questions that are off topic. That's so good. You have such strong convictions about everything you believe. <laughs> and I love that about you. It's really a very magnetic thing. Um, when did that light bulb for you go off in your head about homeschooling and just the whole arena of education? Well, uh, okay. It wasn't a light bulb. It's a whole bulb board, you know, on a, on a mat, on a stadium. Right. Yeah. And one bulb at a time just okay. started to go off. So, uh, the first, the first light bulb that went off was my son was in second grade at the, this lovely public school where we moved for the, the fabulous, you know, public schools that they had. And the teacher wasn't getting the job done. It, it, I, I did not like what was happening in the classroom. And I was the, I was the guilty parent. I was there all the time. I, I taught art in the classroom. I walked the kids to the library. I graded papers for the teacher. I went after school several times a week to help clean up and just chat with her. And after about five months, my son had turned in a book report every month for five months. I said to her, Hey, how are his book reports by the way? Cause I didn't think they were very good, but nobody sent anything graded back to me. So I had no idea. So mm -hmm. I was just wondering, since I hadn't seen anything, how were his book reports? And she said, oh, not very good. Like that. Like she didn't even have to think about it. And I went, say what? You What? She said, oh, they're not not very good at all. I said, well, well, show me a good one. And so she showed me one that was like this beautiful piece of paper, everything filled out, um, cursive, magnificent handwriting. Now, of course, in hindsight, I go, oh, the parent did that one. Like, obviously, the parent did that one. But at the time, I was just mortified. And I thought, well, if if they're doing such a, forgive the phrase, piss poor job of giving him an education of, of 
making him perform to a standard, right? Because that's what we think education is. It's performing to a standard. Uh, you know, the test scores, right? That's what we think education is. So this is back then. But I was just so dissatisfied with that that I finally said to my, and there were some other things, frankly, there was there were some other things. Um, there was disruption in the classroom. There were children who were using swear words at adults in the classroom uh, that, you know, stuff that I was like, well, I don't want that behavior rubbing off on my son. Wait a minute. What am I doing leaving him here? Right. And I said to my husband, uh, you know, I, th I think I could fail at homeschooling and he'd still be better off. That's, wow. that's how low, that's how low I was willing to go. Right. So I, the bar, the bar is way down low. The bar is really, really like it's ground level. You, you barely have to lift your foot. Come on. Wow. compared to what's happening, sadly, compared to what's happening in the schools. Now, you might have the greatest teacher of all. We had the greatest teacher for first grade, okay? She was great. Everybody said so. She had the reputation of being great. You know what I realized through second grade? Because her classroom was right next to his second grade classroom. And I would see fifth graders, the, 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 the school went up to fifth grade. I'd see the fifth graders. And this is actually a hint to you. I don't know what grade you teach, but High school. Oh, you're in high school. Still, still applies. I would say the fifth graders would come back and they would give the first grade teacher a hug. She kept a bowl of candy. So they'd give her a hug because they wanted a piece of candy. And they got a piece of candy. And I finally went, oh, oh, that's why she's so beloved. Wow. Wow. But that's not education. That's no. not because to me, education was all academics. Now I understand education is not all academics. And in fact, that's what the enemy understands. And that's why the schools are the way they are today. They're not about academics. The enemy understands that. The enemy wants to traffic your children. And he's succeeding right now in the schools. Yes. The schools have become the conveyor belt for that behavior. And if you think that's for some reason that your kid in school is immune somehow, you have another thing coming because the culture is after him. The social media is after him. The school transmission belt, the school paradigm is after him. Because here's the thing, the schools teach children and forgive me, I'm just, I, I'm actually working on some new ideas right now. The school teaches you how incapable you are. That's why you don't feel like you're capable of teaching your own children. That's the only reason. You got that idea from the school. Well, if the schools really, if, they're, if their sole competency is in teaching you how incapable you are and rendering you so insecure, isn't that perfect for child trafficking? Yes. Isn't that a perfect scenario? What do we have right now? We have parents who basically are willing to traffic their children. They don't think they're trafficking their children, but neither does the abused wife think that anything is really going to happen to the child or to herself for that matter, right? We all know that scenario of the abused wife who, who sort of uh, shrugs it off. Well, I kind of deserved it. I mean, I did, I did talk back to him or, or whatever and puts up with the abuse. And that's what parents are doing today. They're putting up with the abusive school system that taught them just how stupid and incompetent they are with their own children and convince them to turn their innocent little children over to this purveyor of lies and 
sexuality. Oh my goodness. What they're doing right now with in the public school system, like right now, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous with myself. I'm thinking I've gotten a little bit more bolder these last uh, few months. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen when I get into meetings now? And they're telling me I can't say male and female because that's where it's at. Like no longer able to say male and female. Bring your phone, record. <laughs> without anybody knowing it, you're going to collect data. You will collect, not data, um, information, evidence. You will be collecting evidence. And that's actually, it's interesting you mentioned that because I have to do, I don't know if I said this before to you in our last conversation, but that I'm a mandated reporter and I have to report abuse um, if I see anything happening. And I started noticing that the sex education course that I have to learn about for the public school really is finds itself in the mandated reporting. And I was like, wait a second, that I have to I have to report that. Like, how could I, how could anybody teach that if that has to be reported? And hey, I well, started- Hold on, you have to unpack that. I did not follow that. What does that yeah. mean? So the sex education course is pretty nefarious. I don't know how else to say it. it's criminal. It really is criminal. Teaching kids certain things at different age, at age levels. It is going to psychologically mess them up. It's going to be victimized. Just like the parents today are victimized. They go, well, the schools are bad, but I don't know what else to do. I'm stuck. I can't homeschool. I have a job or whatever. I don't care what your excuse is. This is your child. Right there. So like, I'm actually looking at my mandated reporting and I think I have to report a lot of things that are being taught because it's going against it. So they're telling you, you have to teach A and at the same time, they're saying, if A happens, you have to report it. Correct. But they're not, they're not putting the two together, but I put this <laughs> together. I love I that like, though. It's getting really interesting and it's really getting, it's getting very dark in um, yeah. the public school system, but I stay there so that I can be a truth uh, speaker and I can be a light. And I can, I, I do stand up for a lot of, you know, moral values. I have to, because otherwise, you know what I mean? I, I can't teach these things and feel, you know, good about myself. So I do stand up for a lot of things. I am the trouble teacher that a lot of people are like, oh no, here she comes. It's like, yes, here I come. So, <laughs> but nice. you know, at the Listen, same time, while you're doing yeah. it, you can have conversations with parents, galvanize yourself so that when you leave, you're taking people with you because you can hang out a shingle Right. and teach other people's children. As a home learner, I like to call it home learning or self-teaching. Um, and by the way, I encourage I encourage your listeners, go to Epic TV, Epic Times, E-P-O-C-H, the Epic Times. And on Epic TV, you'll find a TV show that I did called um, Schools Out with Sam Sorbo. And in it, I pull apart the, the situation in our schools because they're not accomplishing education. You think you've been educated, you haven't. You've been schooled. You've been taught to think one thing and one thing only. The reason that parents can't figure out how to do their homeschooling is because their creativity was killed in school. And so they can't think themselves outside of that box. And that's a very sad state because initially we are eminently curious. We're, we're you know, um, com in such a compelling way, we're we're uh, creative in unimaginable ways, really, that we lose the moment we step inside the, the school box, so to speak. So um, so my encouragement is for parents to do this themselves because it, it is this, the preservation of the family. It's the preservation of the, uh, the, the tenet of freedom. 
it's um, it's the relationship. Uh, it it you know the the school forms a wedge between the child and the parent, and so so that's my paradigm is that's 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 the ideal, but I understand that we need to meet people where they are and where people are by and large is they think they need a teacher. They don't need a teacher. Teachers are tools. They're useful. They're, they can be useful. They can also be harmful. Right? So I tutored a girl in college. Um, I tutored calculus and I had a girl come to me. She was a student. I went to Duke university. It's very good, very good college. I had to have really good grades to get into Duke. Right. And she came to me and she said, my, my uh, professor told me that if I could get a D on the final exam, he wouldn't fail me and I won't have to take calculus again because she was absolutely failing the class. And I said, well, let's see what we can do. But she's not stupid. She's a Duke for crying out loud. Like, how dumb could she possibly be? So we just started working through the calculus book and I taught her calculus. Now, here's the here's the difference. She couldn't learn it from the book because she'd never been taught how to read the book. She could read the words, but she could she was never taught how to take the text from the book and make it make sense to her brain. Right. And the professor taught calculus, but not in a way that she could possibly comprehend. All I had to do was answer her questions and she learned it like that. And she made a B plus on the exam. That's huge. She's the student who sent me the thank you card. She's the student who said, you know, my professor said he'd never seen such improvement in a student. And my response to that is, yeah, because he gave up on you and then he condemned you with the lie that you're stupid in math. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Wow. So teachers can do a great deal of damage that we don't even we just ignore that. If we ever even acknowledge it, we slip it under the rug and we ignore it. We think all teachers, school, right? It's just this big thing. It's just school. It pours in good things. That's not true. But not only that, when we take school and we set it right here in front of the student, we block out everything else. And what are we blocking out? We never consider what the school robs the child of, what the school robs the parents of, that relationship with their child. That is a tremendous loss that the parents willingly sacrifice because they don't pay any attention to it because they've never been taught to because they went to school. And the school told them, we are the highest good you need us, you stupid idiot, right? This right. is the school as, as the abusive husband now. And, wow. and we put up with it because from the age of five, man, we were slammed with it. And we, we were never shown what we missed out on. But we missed out on a whole heck of a lot. And so what I'm trying to do is reclaim that for parents today. You can reclaim that and you can have that relationship with your child you, there is no such thing as the terrible twos to a parent. There's, a, there's, the, there's the terrible twos to somebody who doesn't know how to parent, okay? There is no such thing as the rolling teenager uh, with, the, with the rolling eyes. Ugh, mom. There is no such thing to a parent, but to a parent who surrenders their child to the authority of the school 
and therefore abdicates his own authority as a parent, the rolling eyes has become just a cultural institution at this point. I used to say, I've got three teenagers and people would say, oh my gosh, you're, you've got your hands full. And I'd say full of love. I don't, what are you talking about? Like facetiously, because I knew exactly what they were talking about. But I will tell you that with my teenagers, I never had the rolling eyes. I never got the eye roll. I never got the disrespect. I never got the shrug. We banished the word whatever because it started to become, uh, uh, it started to to take some root in our house when my kids were young. They learned the word whatever off of TV or what or or wherever, right? And I said, nope, that's not a word that we use because it's disrespectful. You don't say whatever to somebody, whatever. That's disrespectful. There's no room for that here. And so that's another big, big lesson that I learned is you have to learn how to parent and then you have to do it. And I've had too many parents basically show me that they don't parent and they don't know how, but they wish that they did. I hope my kids are as well behaved when they get to the ages of your kids. And I'm like, well, you got to stop asking them for permission all the time by saying, okay, we're going to go home now. Okay. No, mommy, I don't want to leave. Well, we, we really need to go now. Okay. Stop it. It's a child. It's time to leave. You say it's time to leave. There's no option. Wow. It's that simple, <laughs> but we're not taught that because we weren't parented. And that's not our parents' fault. They weren't parented. They went to school. And so you see, it's now generational, but we can reclaim it. We can, we can get it back. And so just to cast a vision for you, I will tell you that my husband travels a lot. And so on any given evening when he's not home, I'll just head to bed, have my computer on my lap, and I'll just be getting work done because my bedroom's cozy and I like that. And one of my teenagers will inevitably come into my bedroom, knock softly on the door and come in and just sit on the end of my bed and, and pour out their day to me for no reason, except they just want to connect. And, you know, I could say to them, oh, honey, I'm busy. I got work to do. And I never do that. Right. I close my computer. I put it off to the side and we have a conversation. And that's, that's what life is. That's what, that's what's important. But in school, well, you tell me, what's the school metric? What's the most important thing in school? What is their stated goal for your child? Yeah, getting the work done. You got to get the work done. You got to get through the curriculum. Because? Because otherwise, you're not going to get, well, I know the behind the scenes. You're not going to get the school funding and the school is going to get a bad rating. And Right, but what do they tell the parents? Why, why does the child need to score well on the exams? Oh, because they'll look good for college. Uh, college. And yeah. why do they go to college? So that they can get a good job. And why do they want a good job? What's a good job? What defines a good job or a better job, right? They go to college to get the better job. What's the better? What does that mean? It's all about the money. So college prep and career readiness, that's all money driven. That is the school's goal for your child to be a money maker. That's their stated goal. Now, you and I know that there's a behind the scenes goal that we're not privy to, right? But that's what they sell us on. We, you want your child to be a money maker. That's not the goal that I have for my child. I did not give birth to a cash machine. Wow. So that's your purpose for education because their purpose is supposedly to get your, your child through college so that they can pay off their student loans, right? Um, so that they can be a, a big money earner. That's their purpose. 
And you need to rethink if your purposes align. And then secondary to that, or maybe primary to that, understand that their purpose is not that. That's just their stated purpose. Their actual purpose is because they're trafficking children at this point, sadly. You cut right through all of the brush and you get right to the heart of things. <laughs> yes, I, that's I think what that's I do. Beautiful <laughs> because that is, you know, a lot of us don't know how to cut through everything, right? We have it in our mind what we were thinking, but to articulate it is almost impossible for us because we just don't have the vocabulary or the words behind it. But you so well speak it like, in your book, the, the subtitle, you know, from a self-doubter to a homeschool advocate. So there was a point in your life where you probably didn't have these beliefs and you didn't have this understanding. How did it, I mean, you are grounded. Like, I don't believe anybody can even shake your convictions. How did you go from self-doubter to that? Uh well, I still, okay, so I, I'm still somewhat insecure, uh, but not with these ideas. Um, not, generally not with these ideas because uh, I've proven them, right? And, and once they're proven, they're proven. It's like God. I, I, God proved himself, not that he needed to, but he proved himself to me in, in several ways. And so I'm not, I'm not shakable there. But the one eye-opening experience I had was I'm fluent in a few languages, one of them being French. And I was at the park and I wanted my kids to learn French, but I didn't speak French with them. Cause I didn't, I wasn't like, I did a little bit and whatever. And, but I, but I was like, but they really should learn French. And I was at the park and there was a nanny there who was French. And I said, do you think that maybe um, you could come over a couple times a week and just like teach my kids French? And she looked at me like I was crazy. She said, but we're speaking French right now. And I said, yeah. And she said, so you, you speak French. And I said, yeah. She said, why don't you teach them French? And the reason that I didn't teach them French was because I felt incapable of teaching them French because I'd never been taught how to teach French. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so I've been abused by the school system. We all have been, and we all need to heal from that. And so that's what I do on my uh, website. They can, people can go to samsorbo.com or underground education. I encourage people to join underground education. It's just a free online community where you can ask questions and get questions answered. And we have discussions about curriculum and I've put, I'm putting videos online there as, um, as uh, lesson plans and not lesson plans, but lesson plans for adults to train them how to get out of their heads, how to get out of the system. So I developed this resource. It's called the playbook for home learning. Um, I had a conference uh, last, uh, June and very successful. I brought a lot of people outside the paradigm, the, the school paradigm to become, uh, more independent of the schools and more involved in the education of their children. This is like a workbook. Um, if you can see, yeah, lots of photos, but lots of fill in the blanks and, um, very, I'm actually very proud of this. There's an online video series that goes with the book that's like a training. And so that I think combined with the Epic TV show that's available over at Epic TV um, can really educate people into thinking about education differently because we were not taught what education is. We were taught schooling and we've been schooled very effectively to the point where more than half the country, I would say, 
is a trust the experts type of individual, which is very sad because experts are only expert if they're impeachable or, or I, maybe I should say unimpeachable, right? If they can withstand the impeachment of their ideas. And so far uh, of, of late, we've seen so many of these experts basically fall because they just claim expertise. And now more than ever in our schools, we have LGBTQ at activists who are saying, hey, I'm an expert in human sexuality. And that's why I support gender transitioning five-year-olds because five-year-olds, they know what's up with their own gender, uh, which is just that's child abuse. And yet because they claim the mantle of expert, we're so afraid to criticize them. It's absurd. It's an absurdity. And this the nation will fall if we continue down this path. So let's get those kids out of the schools. Let's get them more freedom minded. Let's allow their creativity to blossom because we're going to need it to solve some of the problems we've created. And um, and let's get the whole country back on track. Sam, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate all of your wisdom and your testimony, just your insight, your conviction. It's so, like I said, magnetizing (laughs) and it's just really encouraging even for me to just dive in even more. So thank you so much for just being here. Thank you so much for having me and, and for being open to, to hearing this. It's, um, it's not, it's not easy for a lot of people to hear. It's not easy. Uh, but, uh, the evidence is there and if they're willing to look at the evidence and, um, and understand uh, the place that it leads, then uh, that'll that'll help them out, frankly. So that's what I'm here for. Awesome. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.